What's up, y'all? Welcome into the Friday podcast for SSPN. You already see this on the bottom of the video, but my name's Jude McLaren. That is Ethan Quintero. You know, you say I'm your partner in crime, and I'm just going to say that you're the honey butter to my chicken mm. biscuit. Um, if if y'all know about that, y'all know about the late night cravings. If you're from Texas, if you're a Spurs fan, you probably know about Whataburger's honey butter chicken biscuit. So anyways, I've had too much of those recently. <laughs> Let's get into this episode, though, Ethan. Let's get into this episode. You know, this isn't too bad of a week overall so far for the Spurs, but, you know, I think that the gauntlet is about to use its iron fist and it's going to slam it this Friday and Saturday. You're going to have to explain that reference to me, Jude. Does that mean we're going to lose or does that mean we're going to win? Oh, that means we're going to that means we're going to get smashed okay. by the iron fist. That's what fist I figured. I was just Suns trying to put all that together. And the Trailblazers, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Blazers and the Suns both have better records. Um, they have better stars. They got Dame Dalla, obviously, and then we got Devin Booker and CP3 to deal with. Um, they're definitely going to be a handful, Jude. That's for that's for sure. The Blazers, the Blaze. That was more for the Suns than than the Blazers. The Blazers, I think, will still beat us, but you know that's a game that we can compete in. That's kind of mm-hmm. similar to the Mavs game. Even though they've been playing better than them this year, I feel like that's a similar type of team because. Luca was kind of cold at the beginning of the year, like, and Dame's just been hot all yeah. year. I think if the Mavs have been hot all, hot all year, they'd probably be in the same kind of five, six range as the, uh, as the as the Blazers. But yeah, the Suns look like maybe the best team in the NBA. So Ooh. that's why. That's why. Yeah. I mean, look, look. I don't know. I believe more. Like, look. Now, now we're gonna have to address Go this because I don't want to say because look, the Lakers are probably gonna be the team that makes it out of the West. Um, regardless, you know, if they get everybody healthy back, like they're going to probably be the team that makes it out of the mm-hmm. West. And then honestly, I would probably put the Clippers behind them, even with their faults last year. But with that being said, if one of those two teams at the top between the Jazz and and the Suns are legit, I'm going to roll with the Suns. I, I have much more confidence in them uh, than the Jazz because the Jazz have just... The Suns are kind of an unknown, Right. Whereas the Jazz are like, okay, we've seen them have really good regular seasons before, and then it just doesn't work in the playoffs. So, anyways, that's a little off-topic NBA rant mm-hmm. there, but the Suns are are like a weird team because most people would say they're not going to do very well in the playoffs because they're so young. But you have to account for the leadership of Chris Paul. You know, usually a young team doesn't have that veteran mind running the floor. And that's the whole reason they have the second best record in the it league. It is. It very much so is. They just added him in and that, oh, oh my gosh, you give Devin Booker and you give DeAndre Ayton and freaking Dario Saric and uh, Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson. You give all those dudes a dude to just facilitate the offense and, oh, they're going to be, you know, uh, a great team. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> that's going to be an interesting matchup, both of these games, actually, for DeJounte. Uh, we're going to see DeJounte going up against, and Derek, for that matter. Um, mm-hmm. Is CJ playing against the with the Blazers? I have no idea. I haven't even looked. Yeah. I've just, honestly, a lot of these Spurs games this year, I've just been going in cold turkey, and I'm like, let's see what, let's see what these teams yeah. look like. Like, I feel like this year, I've just been way more, and it's even before we started this podcast, because we started this kind of, you know, pretty deep into the season, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
I feel like this year I've just been solely in on the Spurs. Like I've I've just been really watching Spurs games. Yeah, I go look at the standings, but I don't really watch other games. Like I just whenever we play like how I learn about other teams is when they play the Spurs. Yeah, that's pretty much the same with me. Um for some reason this season there's been a lot more injuries and like resting guys so like i thought we were gonna be well it's because the compact exactly. schedule They're, the gms were talking about that this week they were complaining they were saying that the back-to-backs and all that stuff is causing injuries but all of this stuff is out of our control mm-hmm. i get why they made this schedule so that we can try to like start how we normally would start next yeah, fall. so i get it i get it uh but you know, i got a question for you about this week we're two and yes. one we beat the mavs on mm-hmm. sunday and on mm-hmm. Monday, we beat the Magic in that blowout victory. What have been the mm-hmm. keys to both of those wins, in your opinion? Well, on Sunday, it was a DeMar DeRozan buzzer beater. Um, no, yeah. no, it was it was more than that. But but I mean, it kind of it kind of was that at the same mm-hmm. time. Um, when it comes to the Magic game, uh, I mean better like I don't once again it was just their third stringers I don't really put too much stock into that game let me go look back at uh, and once again stats don't tell everything but let me go look back at the stats of of the Mavs game because that is escaping me a little bit after the pain of Wednesday's loss uh to the Raptors a team that once again I feel like we should have beat if y'all want to hear more of our thoughts <laughs> on on that on that Mavs game Go check out our game recap on the channel. Um, or excuse Raptors me, on the, on the Raptors mm-hmm. game. Yeah. So, well, yeah, uh, DeMar's, DeMar had 33-8-5. That helps. Oh, DeJounte, DeJounte shot well and right? had 25-5. Yeah. Yes, and Lonnie played really well off the bench. Um, and the other guys found ways to contribute um, even if they had off-shooting nights like Keldon and Derek. They weren't, they weren't, they'd, honestly, and it wasn't even that terrible um, it was just a little bit off. Here's what I'm seeing. You want to know my key to victory? Mm. A combined 10 shots from Rudy Gay and Patty Mills. Yeah. And the guys who took the majority of the shots were Damar, Keldon, Derek, DeJounte, and Lonnie. And that is how it should be. Um, I don't know why Devin Vassell didn't play in that game at all either i just noticed that he didn't play in that game at all we need to be playing him more i don't understand why we're not playing him um but anyways that those would be my that would be my key to victory right there i don't know if you saw jude but we actually have a a fan in the comment section on our last recap video they agree with you they wanted to see they didn't understand why we didn't play diop and vassell and luca um since the raptors were so long yeah they were like i don't understand why they weren't playing and I'm going to go see who this is. Okay, continue. You might know who they are. Who knows? Uh, But I agree with what you said. I think that changing our offense out of playing through Patty Mills and Rudy Gay really improved just everything all around, defensively and offensively, uh, when we were playing against the Magic and the the Mavericks. Um, Unfortunately, I think we kind of went back to it in the Raptors game a little bit. And I don't know if that was the intention before the game but Patty w- was hot in the first quarter, so it could have been an adjustment. Pop could have been like, Patty's got the hot end, let's play through Patty. But he cooled off, um, at least efficiency-wise, 
there in the second half, and we ended up losing by, I think, was it four or five? Shout out Nick Castillo, first of all. I'm <laughs> no, sorry. go ahead. I interrupted you straight no, up ahead. there, but shout out Nick Castillo. That was it. Yeah. I just want to give him a shout out. <laughs> Thank you for giving me a job, even though it was kind of Drew. But anyways. Mm. Yo, I don't, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Uh, we stopped playing. No, I'm no, sorry. I interrupted you. No, you're good. You're good. This is It's an informal podcast. That's what we do this for. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. We just have to stop playing through Rudy and Patty. We did that for two games. It proved effective, even though we were playing against a depleted Magic team. But uh, the Mavericks game, I mean, I think that's what we're capable of. The Mavericks are no scrub squad. Like, they're, they're legit. Mm. Uh, they're a legit team, even though their record doesn't, you know, necessarily boast that. Um, but I, I think moving forward, if we can play through DeMar and DeJounte and Derek primarily i mean keldon's great and he's going to get his numbers but i don't know if he's at that level yet where we can just give him the ball and let him work like we can with damar and Dejounte and Derek. but if we could play through those three guys consistently i could definitely see our record improving and possibly getting into that playoff play in tournament area so looking back at this toronto game because i want to be transparent right and DeJounte just kind of had an off night. Mm-hmm. So he did take it like he, it, Derek obviously had a great yes, night. Um, but, and and while DeMar didn't take too many shots, he still had 19 and 11. So like, I'm not mad at that either. But, but it's Toronto. Patty Mills took three more shots and I get that he had 23. But Patty Mills took three more shots than DeMar DeRozan did in a game where you're playing the Raptors, like DeRoz- I know that DeRozan just had that big game against the Mavs, um, and, but, but, but at the same time, and then looking at this Magic game, I'm trying to make sure, yeah, it's not, I mean, he was the leading scorer in that game, but he only played 26 minutes, so it wasn't like he was like hard carrying in that game. So I don't understand why we didn't run the offense through him more in that game. Um, I know that he distributed, um, so we technically kind of, he was like doing things offensively, but I would rather have him take those other three shots than, than Patty Mills. Um, so, and I know Patty had 23 and shot well, but let, let me just be real with you. I'd rather have Devin Vassell on the floor. Yeah. He would have probably got some, some crucial stops. He would have, we lost by five. I know De- how good Devin Vassell is on defense. And I feel like he stops three shots from going in in this game that Patty Mills probably was scored on during Or the even game. Rudy. You know what Rudy I'm saying? Rudy played 19 minutes, right? And he yeah. was in there for the yeah. closing lineup. Yes. and But the, here's the thing. At least Rudy only went, like, he didn't shoot no. well, but he only took six shots. Mm. He only took, like, it wasn't like, he wasn't, and he was only in for 19 minutes. Meanwhile, Patty was in for 30. Yeah. Why is Patty playing more than Jakob, Keldon Johnson, uh, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. I know he was hot, but like, yeah, this is, yep, we're, we're, we're in the same situation here. And this is, this is, you can go back to so many games during this lost stretch. Like, even though they were kind of cold, like Patty and Rudy were, still, there's one common factor, and that's that when we run the offense through these dudes, regardless of if they play well or not, we lose games. I agree. I agree with you. Let me ask you this question. Do you think we play better when DeMar is being aggressive for his shot? Or do you think we play better when he's 
actively looking for the other guys? It depends. So it depends on the situation because if other guys are having an off night, then he needs to he needs to look for a shot. Like then we need him to to pick up the pace. But there's also been games like I will never I will this this was the when I this is when I thought the Spurs were really on their roll and then they got hit with COVID. But that last game against the Hornets, and I still think that this is our best game this season. It's my favorite game to look back on. Maybe not our best game, but it's my favorite game to look back on this year. And it was when Demar had eight points, nine assists on like eight shots or something, but he hit a shot in the clutch. He did hit a shot in the clutch, but do you know why? Because DeJounte and Derek White had 25 and 26 and they were leading the offense. So when those dudes are on, like, and I remember after the game, coach pop was like, this is, this is why we signed these dudes. This is what we've been waiting for. And then Rona was like, yeah, we're going to come in and just screw all of that. Um, but you know, anyways, that sad, sad days, but Regardless of that, um, I think that those dudes, whenever they're on, then then Demar can kind of just look for everybody else's shot and can facilitate. But when they're not, that's when he needs to be aggressive. So I like it. I, I know I'm not really picking one, but I'm just I'm saying like it just depends on the situation. I know I'm not really answering. No, no, that you question. are. You are. I, I think <laughs> okay. um, I saw it from him. I think it was in the Magic game, or it could have been the Mavericks game. I might be getting these confused. But in the first quarter, I think he took like one shot in one of those games. And he was actively mm-hmm. passing. Like just he wasn't even trying to get his shot. He was just giving the ball to DeJounte, Derek, Keldon, everybody, letting them go to work. And then in the second quarter, when he came back in and he was playing with, you know, Rudy and Patty and them, he was just consistently going in the mid range and then pulling up and knocking down jumpers, getting inside, layup package, you know, and he was just actively looking for his shot. Which I do like that in that lineup because Patty and Rudy should play off of DeMar. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they should be. They should be floor spacers, like we've mentioned. Um, but, you know, every once in a while, it's okay for them to have an isolation, you know, but that should be like two possessions max per game, in my opinion. Um, and then you have, yeah, and so it's weird because sometimes there are nights where DeJounte has a bad shooting night. Like, it just happens, right? Derek will have a bad shooting night. I know I'm really high on Derek. But, like, everybody has a bad shooting yeah. night. And they're... So, it's it's very interesting because I get the philosophy there where DeMar should be, you know, like, running with the young guys, passing the ball, giving it to them. But sometimes, even in those lineups, as much as I just want them to play, like, sometimes he does have to kind of be the guy to just go get a bucket. Um, when things aren't working out because they are still young and developing their game and really getting into, I don't know what's, I can't think of the word right now, but they're just coming into their own still. That that's the, if that it makes does. sense. Yeah. Uh, Jude, we talked about in the last podcast that Lonnie Walker could have been the key the entire time. He's finally back <laughs> from injury. We've won two out of three games. What do, what do mm-hmm. you think his impact has been coming back? So I'm really glad you asked this question because there was a point in the Raptors game this Wednesday where I was just focusing on Lonnie. I was just watching him. And while I don't think that Lonnie is the key to everything, like we kind of joked about, like maybe he would be. I don't think we expected that. But 
What I do think his injury has done is made us realize that he act that he he meant more to us than I thought he he did um, after this stretch because I'm watching him in these games even when he doesn't shoot well like it's just him driving to the basket allows us to space the floor it allows other cuts to happen you know that that's and that's really been a huge part of our offense this year a lot of our offense this year is cutting to the basket is just going straight to the basket and then kicking out to shooters like that's what it that's what a lot of our offense has been this year um and he he's a big part of that you know with his athleticism um and strength going to the rim and then he's also a great he, he can be a floor spacer too um, and he's a good defender. He's an underrated defender for just being an athletic two guard, you know, around six, four, 200 pounds. I mean, and, and just playing hard, you, you can, that, that you can be a pretty solid mm-hmm. defender. Um, so I think that he did mean, I think that if he was playing during that stretch, I think we would have won like two more games. I don't think it would have been a huge difference. I still think it would have been a slump. Um, but I think that he does make, um, a bigger impact than I thought because this year, honestly, before he got hurt, I felt like he was having a down Same. year, you know? And, and so, but even, but what I'm realizing now after the injury with him coming back, even when he has down games or if he's having a little bit of a down year, because he's still not shooting that great, right? Efficiency wise. I'm still realizing that there is an impact that he has on the floor that doesn't show up in the stat sheet. And that is honestly more important to me than him having a kind of a slump this year, because I think that, you know, depending on what happens this off season, he could be more involved in the offense next year, which could allow him to get in his rhythm more. And then he maybe has a breakout season. I don't know. I don't want to jinx anything. Maybe that doesn't happen. But point is, even though he's had a down year this year, I feel like shooting and efficiency wise, his value to the team and the value that he brings to the floor that doesn't show up in the stat sheet has been highlighted this year. I concur. I concur with that, Jude. I think without him on that bench lineup, the offense got stagnant. And I think part of the issue was, I mean, we both love Devin Vassell. We think he needs a lot more playing time than he's getting right now because he's getting literally zero. Um, But I think Lonnie he worries teams enough where it opens up our offense a lot more because he, like you said, he is not really having the greatest season as far as efficiency and shooting and whatnot, but he, he, it's the threat, you know, Devin Vassell, there's no threat really, at least so far in his career that he's going to go off and get you 30 points. He's got to develop his offensive game. Yeah. More. Like, I mean, he might knock down he's a couple a, threes. He's a three and. He's a three and D guy, yeah, right? But he's he's relegated to basically sitting in the corner, at least offensively, right now. We put Lonnie in the lineup. Mm-hmm. You have to worry about one more guy, because when he's not mm-hmm. in there, the the bench unit, you're really just going to focus on Patty and Rudy. And if you can stop them, which really any defense can, and they can find a way to stop both of those guys, then we have no offense as far as our bench unit. He provides just a spark that can go off at any time. He might only get like five points in one game. The next game, he goes off and gets 30. Or he came out, uh, was it against the Raptors or was it against the Magic, where he went out and he just had like two threes as soon as he came in? I can't remember. It was one of those games. I think it might have. I think, I think, I want to say it was the Raptors. Yeah, he came in off the bench and he just knocked down two transition threes right off the bat. He's screaming and pounding his I'm, chest. I'm like 99% certain yeah. of it. It's that athleticism and energy that we were missing off the bench. I don't think he's the key necessarily as much as we were talking about 
where he's going to fix everything. Um, but he definitely adds something to that lineup that is that is worth more than what the stat sheet, like you said, is saying that he's worth. I got another thing on Lonnie since we're since we're on it. So you know how I talk about how Keldon, you mentioned him beating his chest and stuff, mm-hmm. right? Remember how I've like always mentioned that like Keldon, he has this energy that the Spurs have just kind of never had. Like they've never had somebody who's just like basically talking crap yeah. the whole game, right? That That's just something that they haven't had. And I feel like I've been envious of that watching other teams over the years. Lonnie kind of has that too. It's not to the same extent that Keldon does, but in the fact that Lonnie can dunk on you, like he just brings that, those energy plays. That's the best way that I can describe it to where he gives the team confidence and it, it gives them kind of a little bit, a little bit of a moxie, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, to to where not cocky but like almost there to where it gives them that confidence that they can brag about and when you're playing the Spurs you don't expect that so whenever guys like Lonnie and Keldon do that I feel like it really messes with other teams heads because that's just not how the Spurs have been so it really throws them off guard and in the end obviously helps the Spurs Um, but I want to take a little note and and a little bit of a time travel with Lonnie do you remember that Rockets game when he still had the long yep. hair and he literally took over the game and won that yes, for I us. Do. So I still believe that Lonnie has that. I just think that with the switch to small ball and the way that they're playing with Damar, I think, all right, we're going to have a, we're going to have a bold, a bold prediction. If everything goes like, I think it's going to go this off season and every all the vets leave. I think that Lonnie Walker is our next Demar DeRozan. I think that he's going to play that role. Think about it. He can play make. He's, he's a better natural shooter, but in the way that he can drive to the rim and have really acrobatic layups, he's not the same mid-range guy, but he can pull up in the mid-range kind of similar to DeJounte and hit contested shots. He's not completely there yet. He's still being molded. He's like a statue, mm-hmm. you know, and we're, we're, having to, we're having to cut the chips off. But... I think that that's eventually where he's going to be. Their play style is eerily similar. Um, obviously, I think that, like I said, I think that Lonnie's a better natural shooter, so I, I think that that helps us. And they're not the same player, but but they are very similar um, in their play style. So obviously, there are things that DeMar does that only DeMar DeRozan can do, like nobody else can. But um, I think that that's potentially who he could be next year in the starting lineup. But once again, going to that Rockets, going back to that Rockets game, that is an ability that that he has. And I think it's something that we haven't seen these past couple of years with the emergence of Keldon um, and even even Derek and DeJounte. Um, but he is somebody who can take over games in possessions. Mm. And so I don't think that that's gone away. I just think that the way that we've played and our personnel has kind of slowed that down, um, or not slowed it down, but just kind of put it put it in the back seat for a little bit. We put it in the trunk, but it's still there. Mm-hmm. You know, we just got to pick it out, dust it off, and let it let it rip next season. But yeah, anyways. I think part of it uh, might be that Pop Pop's always been known as the guy that puts his young players on a leash, a very very short leash, and I think that Lonnie more so than the other young guys is still on that short leash. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he feels, I mean, I don't want to assume anything about it, but I don't know if his, 
if he feels like his game can be showcased the way he wants to play every single night. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know. I don't yes. know if he, I think yes. he might have a fear so, of pop being mad at him if he does what he thinks that he could do. And then maybe he doesn't knock some of those shots down or, or he doesn't want to get exactly. Pulled. Yes. It's not even that he's going to be mad. It's just that he knows if he goes up and does something, because we saw this even in, I don't, it might've been the rap. It might've been the magic game, but I'm pretty sure it was the Raptors game. He goes up for a layup or something and he loses control of the ball a little bit. It goes off his knee. It's a turnover. Right. But I'm not mad at that play because the more that he continues to do that, eventually he's going to like, those are going to start, start falling because he's got that ability. Mm -hmm. One of the people that pop compared Lonnie to, we forget this. He compared him to Manu like, and I see it it. because what would, what would Manu do? He would, he would make some plays that are incredible. And then he would just make you some plays. He would, he would just make you like, Oh my God, he'd make you scratch Mm -hmm. your head. That's that's Lonnie to an extent. Like I know I just compared him to to Demar, um, which now I'm you know you think about and I think he is. I think whenever it comes to like just them driving to the rim and how they're acrobatic and how they're both kind of lengthy, I think I think there definitely are some similarities. So I'm giving Lonnie very high yeah, praise. Right I think now. he's. I'm, I'm comparing him to Manu and Demar. I'm not saying he's going to be either of those guys or be good as either of those guys. Those yeah. two are Hall of Famers. He may never reach that level. But there are parts of his games that are eerily similar to both. Of those I think games. he's Demar Derozan, if without a post up game that pl- that plays mm-hmm. at a Manu Ginobili pace, without yes, Manu Ginobili's passing ability, because Manu was an incredible yes. passer. But but Lonnie is still a he's good a good passer. passer, but I don't think he's he's an Manu. above average he's not passer. A Manu I I I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. But like that's when I say that he can be like Demar. Because I don't think Demar's even at Manu's level no. either, um, and Lonnie's not at Demar's level either right now. But I think that he can be um, if he's running with those young guys uh, playing the three, for example. So I don't know. We'll have to see. This is all a lot. And this is, but but I think that Lonnie Walker has a really high ceiling. I, I don't think that we should give up on him yet. No way. No. Um, and I think that I think that some teams will pay him a good amount of money. But I also wouldn't mind if he ends up being like Manu and is a starting caliber player that we bring off the bench. I wouldn't mind that either, but I also wouldn't mind seeing him in the starting lineup next year. We'll have to see. We will have to see. Uh, We're going to move on, Jude, to a topic that you alluded to in our last recap. We're going to let you have a few minutes to vent here. Why do you think Derek White is the unquestioned leader of the Spurs? Because in the most clutch moments, he's who shows up. That simple. Yeah, I mean, and I know that that I know that um, he's the guy who takes over the game. I know that you can talk about regular season games. I'm not talking about regular season games. I'm talking about the series against Denver, and I'm talking about the bubble last year. Mm. Yeah, and I think I think we'll see in the play in tournament. I. I think that Derek White will be he'll be the guy who shows up in the clutch. You know what's funny? I'm I was trying to think just now of a another example that I could throw at you to maybe have you debunk why they're not the leader, but I honestly can't think of a guy that you like most teams have a guy like, oh, he's the unquestioned leader. Like Draymond Green. He is the leader of the of the Warriors. He's the one that's vocal, he's the one talking in the huddles. I don't think the Spurs I mean Derek, yeah. Sometimes DeJounte... They have, they have Keldon. Kel, Keldon is the vocal leader for mm-hmm. sure. 
But like Demar's the best player, um, but I don't see him as the the guy that's like rallying the troops and we're gonna go down here and we're gonna win this game with four minutes left or whatever. And whenever Derek was hurt at the beginning of the year, even Demar said in an interview that his energy it, it's just it's it's kinda like an unspoken thing. But like or no, he said his spirit. Mm. That's what he said specifically. He didn't say his energy, he said his spirit, having him back at practice was really missed. So when yeah and Derek well and Derek Derek is the type of dude to when it matters most and the season's on the line he's gonna get his teeth knocked out taking charges and hit seven threes in the same yeah. game because he's like that it's true he's kind of got that like Marcus anyway. Smart like edge to him yes except he's yeah, way he's, better. oh yeah offensively especially <laughs> way better than Marcus Smart. Uh, yeah, I, I I have some friends who are Celtics fans. That's that's. I mean, I do believe that Derek White is. is he's is, definitely better than Marcus. Is Smart. A, I think he is a lot. I genuinely believe he's a lot better than Marcus Smart. But I also said that just to rag on them. Well, it is a fact, so they can, you know, <laughs> yeah. comment if you think Marcus Smart's better. But I very much doubt you think that. So that's the case. Yeah, if you think that that Marcus Smart's better than Derek White or that Marcus Smart has a be- higher ceiling than Derek White, please. Yeah, he's been in the league for like us. What? Tell us about the deep thoughts, yeah, but honestly. <laughs> all right, Jude. Let's uh, let's finish with a fun topic here. We've yes, only got a couple yes. minutes left. Oh wait, 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 okay. wait! Before before we do this, real quick, predictions for Blazers Suns. Just real quick, not too in depth. Just WL both games. I think we're gonna lose to the Suns, and I think the Blazers game is going to be is actually going to be very close, and it might come down to the wire. Needs to be a toss yeah, up. It's going to come down to the wire. I could see it being just like the Mavs game, where it literally comes down to the yeah. last shot. But I'm going to go with L's in both games. It's a safe um, bet. If we can't beat the Raptors, we're not beating these teams. So if Devin Vassell plays, we're going to get a dub. Uh, if Devin Vassell plays, we're going two and zero. But if you start Drew Eubanks and run the offense through Drew Eubanks, we're going <laughs> to... If, if Lucas Samanich is getting 30 minutes, we're Easy never losing wins, again. Yeah. But, it's obvious. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's do this, this fun topic real quick to finish up. Okay. Jude, what's your all-time Spurs starting five? So you told me you were going to ask me this, and I didn't think about it throughout the entire episode. Do you have a starting five, or if not, I can, I can, I can try to go. Close I can go it. first. Um, okay, I don't think it'll be. Let me think. About I'm going to go with. I mean, Tony Parker at the one. Pretty, mm-hmm. pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, the two is the one. The two and the three is where it gets a little bit icy for me. No pun intended. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna mm-hmm. put Manu at the two. I mean, he's. He's mm-hmm. greatest six man of all time, greatest foreign player of all time. Maybe Dirk, but I'm, I'm a go mm-hmm. Um At the three, you can't argue with what Kawhi Leonard did, but it's a painful topic to talk about Kawhi Leonard. And he what? I don't. It's go ahead. I agree with. I mean, you. I, th- I I got to go with Kawhi Leonard. That's why I was saying he's a little bit icy because I I kind of want to say George Gerving at, at two or three, but you can't. He's not better than Manu, and Kawhi's Kawhi. You know, as painful as it is. At the four, it's got to be Timmy D. And then at the five, I mean, David Robinson. I think it's pretty clear. Okay, so I was typing this out, and I literally have the exact same thing. Same thing. Yeah. Like, while you were saying, because I was thinking, I was like, okay, it, PG's Tony, two guards, Manu, three guards, Kawhi. You could say George Gervin, but I don't know, bro. Like, did George, did George Gervin even ever win a championship? Nope. We didn't win until 99. 
Yeah. So George George Gervin didn't lock up LeBron James like in the finals. He didn't. He he also didn't get traded to a desolate franchise win that year and then dip just because he yeah. could. Um, yeah. So I mean, ideally, it's a starting me, six because we're gonna put George at the yeah. two and then Manu off the bench. The six man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, right. That's that's probably if you if you want to include the six man, you got to throw George Gervin in just because he's a, he's a legend. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the twin towers are there. Um, but yeah, that that's my starting five too. So I think it's pretty. Yeah, pretty. Okay. <laughs> Here, I think I think I think I wanna I wanna try to mix this up with another starting lineup. Okay, so how about this? Out of all of the Spurs young guys. Who is your starting lineup? Ooh. Um, I'll go DeJounte Murray. Mm-hmm. Derek White. Mm-hmm. Keldon Johnson. Mm-hmm. Luka Samanich. Mm-hmm. And big old Daddy Eubanks at the five. <laughs> Don't say that. Big, big old Oregon State Beaver Eubanks at the five. <laughs> that's actually, I'm not going to lie to you, that's the exact mm. same thing that I was going to say. I was trying to divvy it up to where we'd have some Yeah, differences. and Lonnie at the six, man. Okay, here. You know what? I'll, I'll mix it up. I'll mix it up. I'll go. I'll go. Here, here. You know what? No, I don't know if I can do this. Are you gonna okay. Come? No, no, no. This is what I'm. This is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna put Dejounte, okay, at the one. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it up. I'm gonna put Derek at the two. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Devin Vassell. Ooh, I forgot about Devin. See, I'm gonna put him at the three, and and we're going off potential here. This mm. is like it, these dudes at their peak. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Devin Vassell at the two. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put uh, no 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 actually. What am I going to do here? Okay. <laughs> you know what? No, this is what I'm going to do. Y'all are going to think I'm crazy. Scratch Devin. I'm going to put Lonnie at the three. Devin at the four. Don't you dare put Keldon. And Keldon uh, Johnson at the five. Because my man's going to get he's beat up a so big much. body. No, he's yes, not. He he's going to box out. He's going to box out Nikola Jokic uh. like he did. And he's gonna he's gonna get he's gonna go up with the shot. He's gonna miss it. He's gonna box him out again. Get the rebound. Go back up with it and and flex on him and yell big body because that's what he did earlier this year. And they can't. My man Keldon gonna have a nine year career. Bro. <laughs> getting knocked around by six eleven seven foot. No, bro. Everybody that plays him is gonna have a one year oh, career man. because. Or whatever career, what whenever they play him, that's the last year of their career. Actually, I'm gonna change it up. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna small. go. Trey Jones, Quinn Derry, Weatherspoon, <laughs> Kikita based <laughs> up. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> Quinn Derry, bro. Oh and then my I'm gonna go. God. Trey Lyles and uh, Gorgie Zhang at the five. <laughs> that's those aren't young. Those aren't young go. guys. But there we go. <laughs> I think I think Quindary is our hidden gem. Um, anyways, yeah, all right. All right. Fi- final thoughts, Ethan. Go Spurs, go! I hope we can snag a win this weekend. Yeah, I, I hope we can win the one tonight. Yeah. That's what I feel like. I-, I I could see it going down to the wire. I could also see us losing by 10, 15. Yeah. We'll have to see. But 
Anyways, thank you guys so much for watching. This has been the SSPN Friday podcast. We appreciate you guys. Hit us up in the comments. We'll try to reply. You know, hit it with the little love button on there. We, we appreciate it. Um, and yeah, you can go check out the audio version. Like if you're two minutes in, well, you wouldn't be here right now. But <laughs> if you're ever in a situation where you're two minutes into the episode, you're like, I got to go throw on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and you're good. So, yeah. all right. Catch you guys in the next one. Go Spurs, go.